This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Dramatic breaking news just as we begin the hour. The President of the United States announcing on Twitter his National Security Advisor John Bolton is leaving. On Tuesday, President Trump's National Security Advisor John Bolton left the Trump administration. John Bolton is no longer National Security Advisor. Uh, If you believe him, he resigned. If you believe the President, he was fired. The two disagreed over Trump's approach to foreign policy on almost everything, from Iran to North Korea to Russia. And it came to a head after a deal with the Taliban abruptly fell apart over the weekend. Trump wants to be known as a dealmaker, bringing countries like North Korea and China to the table. Bolton, on principle, doesn't want to make deals with anyone who's not a U.S. ally. Today on the show, what happens when a president who wants to make deals hires a national security advisor who doesn't? Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. And I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, September 11th. We called up White House reporter Mike Bender just hours after Bolton's departure. By any sort of normal measure, today was a was a crazy, wild, dramatic day, but pretty par for the course uh, in the Trump administration. How long have you been covering the White House? I have been covering the White House since Donald Trump was inaugurated. It has been an exciting two and a half years, that's for sure. This will be the third national security advisor to depart from the White House in two and a half years. Lieutenant General Michael Flynn resigned under a cloud of controversy at the beginning. The president announcing that H.R. McMaster is out and former Ambassador John Bolton is in. Nations, John Bolton, former Fox News contributor. Good to have you here. Your reaction to your new job? Well, I think I still am a Fox News contributor. Uh, <laughs> no, I, you're I not, didn't, apparently. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, well, I haven't started there yet. So uh, This definitely adds to the narrative of historic turnover and tumultuousness of the Trump White House. Trump and Bolton may both be Republicans, but they have almost oppositional approaches to foreign policy. Bolton famously tends to favor military intervention. He's a hawk. Meanwhile, Trump is more of an isolationist, trying to avoid foreign entanglements. But Trump is also very eager to be the guy who gets deals done, even if it means bringing foreign adversaries to the table. Well, I think for President Trump, he puts a lot of stake in the TV appeal of this, right? The idea of a president stepping foot in North Korea, the idea of a U.S. president sitting down with Iranian leaders the sort of mind-boggling idea of the Taliban coming to Camp David. These are things that will get a lot of airtime on cable. And as he's heading into the 2020 campaign season, he's still in search of, of a really big foreign policy achievement. 
He's gotten close to a trade deal in China. He's obviously been the first president to step foot into North Korea, but there hasn't been that next step yet and a major accomplishment. If Trump wants a big accomplishment, he needs a foreign policy staff. And Trump has been having a staffing problem. There's not that many options for President Trump. If you remember, like, during the campaign, the sort of never-Trump movement was most codified among national security experts. It was the conservative Republican national security establishment that wanted nothing to do with Trump as, A, the Republican nominee, and B, as president. And this president, more than anyone really, is is acutely aware of that criticism. Early on, one of the things that President Trump would ask about new hires was was what that person had said in the past, what they had tweeted in the past, or shared on social media that would have been antagonistic of the Trump name. So once you sort of cut that out of the possible hires from in the national security world, there's not that many folks left when it comes to people who have experience in handling these types of issues. And Bolton was a brand name. Bolton was a Fox News analyst before uh, he came into the White House. And that carries a lot of weight with this president. If you can go on television and articulately and forcefully argue your point of view, you know, that's meaningful to President Trump. Yes, Bolton had a brand. And that was for being really hardline when it comes to foreign policy. Bolton's brand uh, is not to make deals with the Taliban, is not to sit down with the Iranian leaders without preconditions, and certainly not to step foot in uh, North Korea without a firm nuclear disarmament program in place. He wants the U.S. to lead by example overseas, and he is eager to use the country's military power and military might to sway the direction of foreign policy disagreements. Bolton's reputation was so strong And he was known as such a hawk that when he met the guy whose nickname was Mad Dog... Jim Mattis, then the Secretary of Defense, publicly greeted him as the devil incarnate. That's what Jim Mattis said to (laughs) Bolton? That's what Jim Mattis said to Bolton in front of reporters. And it was sort of a joke about Bolton's reputation for being a military hawk. Mattis is much less eager to get the military and the troops he's served with involved in in, in military conflicts. So it was, it was partly a joke, but, uh, you know, with every every joke, there's a little kernel of truth, and that sort of made its rounds in, here in Washington. Why would Bolton take the job if he had such big differences with Trump and the other White House staff? He was willing to sort of put his own viewpoints aside and serve under this president because he was— this was the next step in his career. He, he's 70 years old, so this is his sort of swan song in public service and, and government. He desperately wanted to serve as a national security advisor to a Republican president, uh, and he got Bolton that wish. Is in. Bolton is a former U.S. ambassador to the U.N., well-known as a neocon and a hawk on military matters. He has advocated attacking Iran and North Korea and then some. John I remember John Bolton's first day on the job. Uh, He was in a meeting with Trump and some military leaders. And afterward, on his way out, I asked him how his first day was going. And he looked at me and kind of wiggled his mustache and said, what could go wrong? And at first, Bolton was careful not to rock the boat. He's known for being a fighter and, uh, you know, sort of a bureaucratic knife fighter when he was coming into the, the Trump administration. He did try to make nice with the rest of the president's foreign policy team, which at that time included Jim Mattis, Nikki Haley, and Mike Pompeo. 
Now, Mike Pompeo had uh, has a long history with Trump. He was a CIA director and now is uh, is, is top diplomat over at state. And there was not a lot of uh, of love lost between Mike Pompeo and John Bolton. But Bolton did his best to put his best face on it, even going so far as to amend a news release to point out that he and Pompeo were, quote-unquote, good friends heading in. Early on, Bolton got assignments that played to his strengths. The first major effort that Bolton undertook was something that he'd long supported. Now that President Trump is fulfilling a major campaign promise, announcing the U.S. is pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal, which the president's called horrendous, one-sided, ridiculous, and insane. There was some overlap between... Bolton's more hawkish viewpoint and Trump's America first, more isolationist policies. Chief among them was the Iran nuclear program. And John Bolton was more than happy to oversee that effort to to bring that one over the finish line and formally withdraw from uh, the multinational agreement to restrict Iran's nuclear program. But Bolton's a foreign policy hawk through and through. He doesn't want to entertain or negotiate with adversaries. He believes in using the American military to solve foreign policy problems. So while Bolton and Trump were both opposed to the Iran deal, when it came to other issues, Bolton was not on board. One of the clearest examples of this is Trump and Bolton's fundamental misalignment on North Korea. John Bolton was never in favor of any sort of diplomacy with North Korea. He wants to keep maximum pressure on North Korea and only strike a terms of an agreement once there is tangible evidence that North Korea has given up its nuclear program. So that portfolio, that issue, was largely handed over to Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, to handle. One, because Mike Pompeo has has been willing to sort of set aside his own viewpoints and his own opinions in order to serve this president and achieve President Trump's goals. And two, that North Korea was well aware of John Bolton's previous statements, very antagonistic statements about North Korea and wanted nothing to do with them. In fact, the North Koreans hated John Bolton and uh, reveled in making fun of his physical appearance and his personal style and the sort of bombastic uh, statements that North Korea is known for. In June, when, uh, when Trump unexpectedly traveled to the border between North and South Korea, this was the trip during which he became the first U.S. president to step foot inside North Korea, Bolton was a thousand miles away meeting with officials in Mongolia. So that gives you a, a sort of a sense of where these two men were on the issue of North Korea. But there was another deal that Trump wanted, one that Bolton really did not. And that deal would push the two to the brink. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, Your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, Your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. 
Welcome back. President Trump later today is scheduled to have a meeting with his top security officials on the negotiations the United States is having with the Taliban over Afghanistan. That's according For to months, U.S. officials have been meeting with Afghan and Taliban leaders to hammer out a peace deal. For President Trump, ending the 18-year war in Afghanistan would pave the way for him to fulfill a campaign promise to get all U.S. troops out of the country. But getting a peace deal done meant sitting down with Taliban leaders. And that is something that Bolton would never want to do. The issue over meeting with the Taliban and Afghan government leaders is definitely the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back here in, in the relationship between Trump and Bolton. The irony here is, is sort of is that there's not a lot of disagreement between the two of them on Afghan policy. Bolton is supportive of withdrawing troops, which has been one of Trump's main foreign policy goals going back to the 2016 campaign. He was adamant about uh, his uh, opposition to that war. And, you know, it is now the longest running foreign war in U.S. history, quite a bit longer than our involvement in Vietnam. And uh, so Trump wants out there. He's tried a few different ways. He hasn't quite figured out how to do that. But Bolton has been supportive of drawing down the number of troops in the in the country. What Bolton doesn't want to do is make a deal that involves not just the Taliban, but also the Afghan government. His position on all of this has been that Trump can draw down the troops, that the U.S. can make their own decisions about what to do or not do there without any agreement formalized. He doesn't trust the Taliban. He doesn't trust the Afghan leaders and is worried about the, the credibility of the United States if we kind of formalize that deal and formalize our trust there. There was a suicide car bomb that went off on Thursday. One American soldier was killed. Eleven others were killed. His name, Army Sergeant First Class Elise Barreto Ortiz. Now, President Trump the president saw firsthand Bolton's point when a car bomb went off in Afghanistan last week and killed a dozen people, including an American soldier, which is what the president has said sort of precipitated his decision to call off those meetings. On Saturday night, Trump announced that a previously unknown meeting with the Taliban at Camp David was canceled. And the goal behind all of those talks, the peace deal that had been months in the making, was off too. For Bolton, this moment affirmed what he had been telling the president all along. That car bomb and the president's decision to call off those meetings kind of emboldened John Bolton to double down on his opposition to any of these formal agreements. Not only was Bolton privately opposed, his aides went out and talked about his opposition publicly, saying that Bolton had never supported this peace deal. Trump wanted this deal. He wanted the good press about this deal. And having an advisor go out and publicly pan it, that's a step too far. They got to the point where Bolton just wouldn't fall in line. You know, it came to a head in the Oval Office on Monday in a pretty heated exchange where the president wanted him to fall in line and, and help him carry out his decision. And John Bolton's telling him he, he wouldn't do it and offered to resign. So then when the senior officials who were made aware of uh, Bolton's resignation before the tweet went out, it, it caught them off guard. Okay, so it took people by surprise, but Trump has said in the past that he and Bolton have clashed over policy, right? And so there's a way in which 
there's an inevitability that this relationship could disintegrate, which it did. Oh, absolutely. How do you say that? They were shocked but not surprised. No one was expecting John Bolton to resign today, but it's been a long time coming. If the disagreements were only Afghanistan, I think Bolton would still be national security advisor. I mean, it's like sort of accumulation of, of events here. Trump's tired of defending Bolton. And boy, I mean, the anniversary of 9-11, of all this coming to uh, a head right at the anniversary of 9-11, I mean, at the very least, just goes to show uh, how this entanglement in the Middle East continues to be front and center in U.S. foreign policy and politics and you know, decision-making at the White House. What does Bolton's departure mean for U.S. foreign policy going forward? Going forward, there's one less hawk in the room for President Trump and definitely removes an obstacle inside the West Wing to get some of these historic meetings that the president wants to be a part of. There is some idea I've heard expressed a little bit in Washington here that maybe this makes North Korea a little more likely With him out of the way, maybe North Korea is a little more likely to strike a deal with President Trump if they know John Bolton is no longer in the White House. Today, President Trump addressed Bolton's departure. You know, John's known as a tough guy. He's so tough he got us into Iraq. That's tough. And though Bolton claimed he had quit, Trump said he actually fired him. People and a lot of us, including me, disagree with some of your tactics and some of your ideas. And I wish you well, but I'd like you to submit your resignation. And he did that. He also spoke about Bolton's relationships within the White House. But he wasn't getting along with people in the administration that I consider very important. And uh, I hope we've left in good stead, but maybe we have and maybe we haven't. That's all for today, Wednesday, September 11th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.